Welcome to Writer's Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, we're carrying on with our Story Beats uh, Act 2 deep dive. I'm Russ Capasso, and joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, let's break right into our, break into two, right? Are we breaking into two? I'm breaking into two. I'm ready to break. This is a, this is a beefy, beefy act Yeah, we got to get right to it, man. Yeah, we got to get into it because this is like the meat of it and this is where everyone has like their biggest problems. Uh, Actually, how did you do, how did you do with your second act? I know your acts were kind of like all over the place, but... (laughs) Um, <laughs> you were so worried. You're like, my first act is like the first and second act combined, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was um, based on how I had organized my chapters. It's much better now. It's Good. actually like the middle. It's fun. Um, Amy, <laughs> I have some pretty abrupt transitions into it. I will say my break into act two is maybe too literal. <laughs> but um, how about you? How was your break into act two and your act two? Uh, my act two was not too shabby after a couple of drafts. Um, definitely things were a little bit, they weren't exactly lined up. So again, we're still going with like the save the cat, uh, story beats here. Um, I did okay with it. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's a, it's a trudge track too, to get all these, these pieces and keep it fun and keep people engaged. Cause like, yeah, first act, that's fine. Third act, sure. But then second act is where you, you can lose people, right? Where it might have yeah, strong. Second act, I've definitely got like. That's when my questing begins. Yeah. You know, it's when my 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 mains start providing the wrong answers and they start doing the wrong things. Yeah. Um, but my whole thing is like I wanted it to be fun and engaging. And I always love like I love the act two of books and movies. It's yeah. more, my favorite act. Well, I like act one. I will say tonally, initially, I had done a pretty big tone shift for act two, mm-hmm. whereas like my book had initially started with bombast and then kind of got a little more suspenseful and dreadful. Mm-hmm. Um, that changed a little bit when I had to restructure. So now there's still some bombast in my act too. And that, that then it kind of leans into like some more quiet, suspenseful moments. Yeah. Mine act two is everyone's just on the run, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And like kind of bouncing around, just trying to put them through the ringer as much as I could. So, so when your characters are starting act two, right, that's, the beat we're going to talk about. That's the sixth beat if you're um, yep. coming to us from last time. So they're yeah. done with the debate. They've heard their call to action and initially they're reluctant to change, you know, and yep. now this is when the hero is deciding to accept that call to action. So they're yep. stepping into that world willfully or who knows, being dragged into it. Yep. And they're now they're operating in this new changed post catalyst world. And it's a very different world from which they operated in the first act. Yep. And it's like this, it's kind of a decisive action beat where it's separating act one and act two. And this, I think breaking two, again, just a guy, but it says about 20% into the novel. So, and it's kind of wild to think there's seven sections in act two. Again, this is save the cat. So there's other ones that kind of have different number of sections, but they all kind of cover the same thing. This goes from like 20% to 80% of the novel, just to give you an idea of like how, My goodness. how weighty. Yeah. It's funny when you start using this and breaking down movies and everything, you see like, oh yeah, okay, this is this is the meatiest part. So, but yeah, that's that's the break into two. It is the moment, the decision-making. We are leaving the, the world we know and we're flipping over into act two, the new world that the, the hero needs to, to go through. So, But since the character still isn't that kind of best version of themselves, Yes. Though they're in this new world, they're still not making the correct decisions. Like the solutions yeah. they're going for aren't necessarily the proper solutions for 
themselves or whatever goals for themselves they have, right? or the world or whatever else you kind of roll into just shortly after breaking the two this is where you get intru- introduced to like the b story you get an intro of like a single character or multiple characters right who will end up like serve to help the hero kind of uh, learn the theme right that which we did like back in act one like theme stated um mm-hmm. could be a love interest could be a friend could be a family member could be a nemesis could be a mentor i guess it'd be like equivalent to like obi-wan to luke yeah we talked about it last time right interestingly that you know the intro, like for Star Wars, the introduction of Obi Wan happens before break into Act Two. So, like a B character is introduced, but yeah, they just happen in close proximity to one another. I also wonder, like B story would break in Act Two for Star Wars, would it be Han Solo as well? Would that be right about? I forget exactly the exact point that when he's introduced, but he would also be probably a B story character. He definitely is a B story character, right? Who's, yeah, he definitely is. And he's definitely a, yeah. uh, a friend, or I guess at first, you know, kind of just out for himself, but becomes a friend later on because he's uh, got his own arc. Um, or I think Obi Wan's kind of just, I'm just here as a mentor. And one thing that should be noted too about Break into Act Two is that there's usually a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like an, a new goal is introduced there something for the character to strive for it just may not be the right goal <laughs> yeah right because it can shift and change as they're going through and as they're, the choices they're making and obstacles you're throwing in their way the the thing that they have still yet to learn the choices they're going to make are going to cause that goal to either be the right thing or wrong thing so and he gets like the one of the beefy parts just before the midpoint the fun and games right yeah so this is again this ranges from like 20 to 50 percent of the novel and this is where you really see the hero and this this new world and seeing how they're like reacting to this new world, um, seeing how their decisions are either succeeding or failing. Uh, they're either loving or hating it. I think this also like the section like really represents like what's the hook of of the story and like why the reader pick up the book, right? This is like the globe trotting adventure. This is the we're on the run from such and such type of stuff that's going on. Funny, this is right where I am now, right? I'm like in probably the middle of fun and games on my sixth edit. <laughs> and um, making very sure to make sure it's fun. Like if this part is dragging, if this part is not fun to read or yeah. maybe isn't fun to write, you got to look at it pretty hard because this yeah. is the meat and potatoes of the book. Yeah, I think I read a book recently. Uh, I'm not going to call it out because I still kind of enjoyed it. But there was a, this might be the section where I was like, this is a slog to get through. Like, but yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty much what fun and games. What it is, is. I'll talk about perfume. I think in their fun yeah. game section, um, the main character goes into a cavern and just sleeps for a year. I'm like, that's not fun. <laughs> Taking a long nap is is nice, but I don't know if it's fun necessarily. <laughs> oh my God. I guess I, I were to stick with the, the Harry Potter breakdown too. That's pretty helpful, right? It's like where he's enjoying his life at Hogwarts, you know, where he takes the magical classes, he's learning to fly, he's recruited to play Quidditch, you know, stuff like that. So all those events in like the new world uh, that they're kind of exploring. So, and then we hit the midpoint, 50%. The literal middle of the novel. Yep. And this is kind of a key one. And this, I actually, I, sh- I struggled with this in my own story. And this is where the fun and game is pretty much either culminates in like a false victory or a false defeat for your hero, right? Yeah. And it took me a while to f- to get this correct. Actually, I think my mid, I think technically my midpoint falls a little later than this, but yeah. And this is where pretty much your something key, something important should happen here, right? To your hero that kind of pushes them towards like the real change where they start realizing their flaw or the thing that they need to change to, to actually solve their real problem towards the end of the book. Right. So you're getting to that point where the reader's kind of like, okay, this is a huge moment for them. Are they going to make the right decision to, to change? Cause you've been following along with them. You've been watching them make all the wrong decisions and running into all these obstacles. Are they going to actually make the right decision to change uh, what their, what their flaw is? Right. Right. 
I'm thinking about it through mine and my midpoint, which makes sense. You know, I've got, you know, multiple character perspectives, but really kind of two mains because I've got two separate quests. And I think both end, because I think it's right, it's supposed to end in a false victory or a false defeat. Mm -hmm. You know, they're either succeeding or they're floundering. And I think for mine, it's a false victory leading to it. But the other important part of this beat, right, is that it's not just a moment of like, it's not like break into two necessarily. There's something that's supposed to heighten, maybe not tension, but raise the stakes. Like the world gets once again, either more intense or a little bigger um, in a way that forces the main character or your supporting characters towards the actual change they need to make. So they're still on this journey. They're still being pushed forward through this kind of meat grinder. It's not catching a breath. It's still propelling characters forward to maybe the people that they will be eventually, but aren't quite ready to be yet. Taking a break at the midpoint. uh, When you put your beats together, and I know you kind of retrofitted them like I did. Did you do uh, separate for main characters? Did you run each character through their own set of beats or did you just have a single beat sheet? No, it was unified. But I mean, like they kind of mirror each other. It's certainly similar tone. And it's interesting, right? This is one of the beats, you know, kind of like B story and fun and games that even though I hadn't planned as much as I would have liked to in retrospect, it was already there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I think just through, you know, listening to stories and reading books and whatnot, like this one's kind of ingrained in me. So luckily I didn't really need to retrofit this one too, too much. Not like all is lost where I I actually, I had an all is lost and we'll we'll get there eventually, but I Mm. needed to really improve it. How about you? I ended up doing beats for uh, all my characters, not all of them, for my main character and for for Lilo, just because she was so integral to the story later on. So I didn't do it for Blackwell because he was didn't have enough, I don't think. He's definitely more of a supporting character where Lilo ended up becoming kind of like a secondary main character there. So so yeah, I did it for for both uh, her and, and Elliot. The, the book I'm working on now, I'm doing the same thing. I've got two main characters and I'm I'm running through the beats in parallel for both of them because like their worlds are end up, you know, colliding again at some point. So yeah, it's interesting. I think accidentally I used my main character as well, I, I think this could probably be said of all fiction, but it wasn't planned for me. I used my main character as a catalyst for change for the other characters. Hmm. So like their decisions um are kind of in reaction to to hers and their new lives are in reaction to her life. So there's kind of a mirroring component to their arcs and they all have them. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not the focal point, but, but they're there. Like three of my characters go through like substantive change. So then after the midpoint, we run into the bad guys close in another big chunk, 50 to 75% of the book. So it's kind of like a reactionary to, to the midpoint, right? So if the midpoint is like a false victory, then this is like, kind of the kickoff of like the downward path where things are just going to get worse. <laughs> so yep. it's like, Hey, we're on top. It's like, no, we got to put them, we got to put them through the ringer even more after the, at this point. Right. Um, and if it's in, in the opposite, if it's a false defeat at the midpoint, then this section is kind of an upward path where things uh, seem to get better. Either way, it's like a, it's like the hero's deep rooted flaws, like internal or actual, like bad guys, like bad guys close in, by the way, it's like, it could be an internal thing. It doesn't have to be actual bad guys with sunglasses and, and guns, but they actually are like, start closing in on them and kind of putting that pressure on on your hero. I feel like really good about this 
beat now, but I did not. Like when I was, this was one of the ones that I really needed to kind of hone and refine mm. through subsequent edits. It was a tough one for me, but it's super, it's crazy important. So after that, we get the All Is Lost, which is about 75% of the way through the novel. And this is supposed to be like the lowest point for your hero, right? Yep. I mean, All Is Lost, right? <laughs> it's like literally All Is Lost. Uh, and this is the beat where it's typically an action beat where something happens to the hero combined with like the internal bad guys or whatever that, that bad guy situation is like pushes them to like absolute rock bottom. Just to take one quick step back so I can go yeah. forward. Sure. Like with bad guys close in, right? If your midpoint was one thing. So if your midpoint was like a victory, then this would be a defeat. And if your vid midpoint was a defeat, then this would be a victory. So my personal midpoint is a victory of sorts. So my bad guys close in as a defeat. Mm. And I had treated my bad guys close in as an all's lost. Mm. And I was, they were kind of smushed together. Yep. And then organically, my all's lost got worse. Like, mm. not, not worse. I mean, like, it actually got better because of how bad it became. Like, I was able to take my character low and kind of really torture them in a way they can come back from, but torture them. So, mm. And that happened super, that wasn't like, oh my God, I didn't do all lost right. It was, I ended up going like, I had planned to go right and then I went left. Like, cause I, I like had the beats, I had my outline. I was like, all right, today I'm writing this part. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I could really, really hurt the character here. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's kind of the point, right? It's, like, that's it. <laughs> that's the absolute point. You want to bring them to their absolute lowest. Like, I, I'll tell you, when I wrote mine, when I got to it and I landed, I was like, I felt super confident about it. I was excited. I was excited by how bad my character felt. I put on Elliot Smith. This was like really <laughs> somber, sad music. I was like, oh man, it's Dark Knight of the Soul. Let's put on some morose, sad guitar music and just weep in our beds. So I think mine was, so mine, I don't want to give a spoilers away here, but my, like mine was, um, Definitely when Elliot returns back to Boston and he finds a note from a key character. Mm. Um, and I kind of, I did what you, like what you had said, like my all is lost for, for Elliot. My main character was mashed in. It's very quickly mashed in with like dark night of soul and fun and games, like right towards the end of it. I, mm. I do have a, I do, I do have like a specific chapter though. That is a beat in a, in a break for it. And it's his moment. It's kind of like the all is lost and the dark night of soul and like two quick scenes. So it's not, it's not drawn out too much. Uh, but it's a it's a moment where he gets a note from basically his mentor character. You know, he then moves directly into Dark Knight's soul. Now, Lilo's all his loss comes a little bit later. They don't they haven't lined up yet. So if we're like looking at tentpole stories, right? For yeah. Star Wars, this is when Obi Wan dies. Is that right? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, that's probably about it, right? Where he's sulking in the uh, Millennium Falcon afterwards and be like, oh man. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. You got the blanket on him. He's like, this is this sucks. So where is it in the first Potter book? <laughs> Uh, so the all is lost in there is when uh, Harry and the team there find out that Voldemort there uh, is about to get his hands on the Sorcerer's Stone, which is being kept in the Hogwarts castle. That's there. That's all is lost. That doesn't is... sound very good. <laughs> no. It doesn't seem like everything's lost. I haven't watched that movie in a long time, so I don't know if like what they were going through up to that point. Or, like, were they, were yeah. they kind of defeated and then like now they're finding out like, oh, all the things have closed in and then... Oh, uh, did you know Voldemort's coming in to take the thing that they you know? I remember like as a kid, right, like watching action movies, and I always since they're like often, especially in the eighties and nineties, they're like male power fantasies. Mm -hmm. So I always hated 
the um all is lost because it's usually when the character is beaten to a pulp or yeah. you know one of their friends dies or something and like yeah. they're they're no longer like extraordinary they're like limping and wounded or they're yeah. sad and it's like, i didn't come here to see a sad person <laughs> um they but it's an, and it's important beat because you got to bring them low yeah. and that's kind of what we're getting to with the next beat with right. are we are we done with yeah. all is lost yeah all is lost and there, we're getting so. to like dark knight which i think all is lost and dark knight of the soul are so interrelated they're like they can yes. happen in such close proximity yeah and um, I laugh. I, I pointed out to my kids because how often in movies and TV shows does Dark Knight of the Soul have rain, have the <laughs> skies opening up and it just starts yep. pouring like it's such a cue and it's it's effective. And I mean, guiltily, I do it too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I'm like, hey, guys, it's raining. And they're like, oh, is this when the <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, that's yep, that's this is that's it. the beat. That's when they're and they're absolute lowest. Yeah, so this is like around seventy five to eighty percent of the novel. This is like the last beat of of Act Two, and this is a reaction beat to All's Lost. That's why I think like they can be pretty tight and like kind of right, one right after like All's Lost is a pretty quick point, and then uh, Dark Knight of Soul is like a reaction to that. And this is where the hero is like taking time to process like everything that's happened so far, and probably almost giving like a recap of how they're feeling, you know. Um, and heroes should definitely be worse off than they, they were at the start of the novel, right? This is kind of dragging them down just to build them back up for, to get into act three, or hopefully they succeed or not. In the genre books and movies, it's so easy to see this beat. Oh God. Yes. It's, it's, (laughs) I'd say literary fiction, maybe a little less so because I think the all is lost and the dark night is often like an internal thing. It's not always outside forces that are kind of bearing down. Yeah. Where genre is kind of like the villain hurt the hero. Yes. So bad. Yes. They're sad about it. (laughs) They're like, man, I can't go on. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) What do I do now? So then, yeah, he should be the the hero should be the worst off than at the start of the novel. Um, It's uh, it's that darkest hour before the dawn type of thing. Right. Um, but it's sometimes like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's literally night and dawn is coming. And, ra- and raining. <laughs> and rain is coming. Uh, but it's like right before, it's a moment right before the hero starts figuring out like the solution to their big problem, uh, which will get you into like act three and uh, where they start learning their their life lesson and, and the theme, the theme state, it's all kind of comes back to to that. Yeah. Those beats, man, like all is lost, dark night, and then into break into three, they're, they're yeah, they, they're so connected. It could almost be one beat. I mean, they're so, they're equally important and you need to kind of hit the nuance of each of them, Yeah, but they're so like, so connected. They, they can happen in like five minutes. Yep. Like the whole thing could happen very quickly. I think a lot of other of story structures, I think they do have them condensed into like one. A lot of them do have them condensed like one, that one beat, you know, it's it usually makes just, sense. It's usually just going into act three or end of act two and act three, you know, uh, but that's why I like this because like they kind of separate out a little bit more of like, you know, here's like some nuance to getting your hero through through this this point and like the things that they should be feeling. So and it's good that it's separated because it's these beats are just so visible. Yeah, these are the ones where you're like, <laughs> yeah, it, like once you see them, you can't unsee them. And for better and worse, it's like you start to see like the code of the matrix. These are the ones that <laughs> always stand out. Like you're watching fiction. You're reading fiction. Oh, yeah. I kind of wish I could go back to a time and and not know. Having going through this and like starting to pick these out and like the, the stories I'm reading and movies I'm watching. I thought it would totally ruin my my enjoyment of, of some of these things. But honestly, sometimes I'll like shut it off and I'll just be like, let me watch it once just to 
just to watch it and be entertained and not really pay attention, yeah. think about much. I don't even think about all the subs and payouts, just be entertained by the whole, the whole thing. Um, but there's the very clear ones are like, oh yeah, I was lost. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'll, you, I'll you tell you what it has skip. done. It's certainly increased my enjoyment and appreciation for well-written books yes. and screenplays. Because yes. when I don't see it coming yes. or when it does surprise me, even though like, even though I see the beats, I'm, I don't quite know what direction the story is going to go. Yeah. That's when I'm like, all right, you followed it and it's great. And I, and you, and you surprised me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and knowing that you're, you're just on, you're on this roller coaster, basically going through these beats and like they pull you at the right moments at all, like the right emotional pulls and like, Oh, I, this guy, he's, it's the worst thing ever that's happened to him. And then him, yeah. you know, the, him, they, the characters, the hero, whoever, you know, uh, coming through at the end. Um, yeah. Once you feel that kind of that pull on you, you're like, Oh, that's a really well tight written story. So, so that's it. That's, that's all of act two. That's all seven beats in act two via save the cat. But it's very much structurally same as all of the other ones that are out there. I can't believe we got through this so quickly. This is such a meaty act. I know. I know. But I felt but like I we guess were, it's not a very complicated act. It's complicated. And once you get into some of these sections, I would say like the fun and games and the bad guys close in. That's it's that those are that's a lot of work. Like when you actually get into the work of those sections and like doing that, it's like sure yeah. you can say like, hey, this is where they see the new world. They're either loving or hating it. And it's like cool now what you know like you've got to come up with those scenes and all those actions and those beats and those moments within there to like okay make this the meat of the story and make it interesting the same thing with yeah. bad guys close in um making sure you hit that just right um where it, all the other things that trickle down from there and then coming into act three just feel right but i mean it being the center of the book i would suspect that most people are thinking about this piece mm. early on Mm -hmm. So act one is so much world building and character building and setting the stage for what's going to happen in act two and like the enjoyment aspect of it. I won't say it's easy to write, mm. but I should say, I, I, I can say it should be fun to write. Like the majority of this act should be fun to write. Yeah. And maybe like you got to refine bad guys and you're all's lost. Yeah. But that's really at the tail end of act two. It's a very important part of act two but it's a small piece of act two. It's like you're 10 or 20% of act two, right? It's small. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is just like the pitch. It's like the book cover. It's the back of the movie. It's why, hopefully why you wrote it and why people want to pick it up. I don't know. Is there anything else? Any let's uh, tap on there or just I think we're good. Let's, let's save back three for next time. What you been, uh, what you been reading, watching? What did I open up and start reading? I don't remember. <laughs> that good, huh? <laughs> I, I've got a stack of books. I've got a stack of unfinished books on my on my nightstand. That's what I'll say. Here are all the things I'm reading and not finishing. That second N.K. Jemison book from Broken Earth. Okay. White Noise by Don DeLillo. Oof. What else do I have? The Deep by Nick Cutter. Wow. There, I think I've got something else. There's something on there. Oh, I've got Children of Huron True, okay. by uh, J.R.R. Tolkien there. But the only thing I'm actually reading every day is I'm reading, as I said last time, The Two Towers to my kids. Nice. Um, before bed, nice. Um, which is phenomenal and way better than like I like Fellowship more, but I think Two Towers is written uh, much better. It's much easier to read. You even watch anything? Uh, I've been watching Foundation. Ah, I just finished season two. So I am uh, maybe one or two episodes away from the end of season two. Okay, I enjoy it. Some of the writing is atrocious. Mm. I like all the new empire stuff, right? None of that existed in the book. They're going very off 
like there's definitely some major no pun intended beats that they're from the books they're hitting um did you so did you read all the foundation books or just... i only read the, the three okay so i'm gonna throw but i didn't do like when he got didn't he get like bribed into doing sequels sometime in the 80s yeah he did three more or maybe six i don't know how many more there are in the in like the 80s or whatever and i think i've mentioned this before I'm curious to read them because I want to see if they pulled, I know they pulled something in from I heard from the it. fourth one was supposed to be good. Okay. Cause I know they, so whatever the, the novel has been out for forever. So this isn't a spoiler, but um, I guess in, in those later books, he tied his um, robots and murder, the caves of steel, whatever series uh, mm. made them kind of in the same universe. I love those caves of steel. Uh, books. Those are like, I'm like, I have, I have it sitting like on my like coffee table, like staring at me. Cause I want to crack and reopen. I can't like, believe they haven't it. adapted those into movies or a show. They're I mean, so adaptable. So good. They so I guess will. I think they pulled some of the, uh, cause I don't want to spoil season two here for you, but they pulled some themes of that into this, into this, this show. So, Oh, with, um, Demer, Demerzel. What's her name? Yeah. Dem- yeah. Demerzel. Yeah, that stuff was cool. It's like, I, I don't love that they, one of the really cool, I know you can't adapt it in this way, but I'll say one of the really cool things about the first three foundation books is that it deals with deep time and the ramifications of people's actions. Mm-hmm. But those people die and time goes on mm-hmm. and those people are forgotten. And this one, they keep coming up with ways to keep characters alive for 300 years. And yeah. it I know they're doing it so the audience has an anchor and they're giving these characters arcs. Yeah. But I, I don't love it. I don't love it. Yeah, I feel like I need to reread the books. So I might actually just take a... I might just crank through all of them because I'm just curious. Yeah. I'll tell you, if I read them, this will be the third time I've read them. <laughs> I think I've read them. Like, That's think, how old I'm getting. <laughs> I think I've read them twice. As well. Like at least... The, the, yeah, I haven't read the, the later ones. I read the, the original trilogy at least twice, so... I mean, they're not, they're not crazy heavy, heavy reads. So am, am yeah. I going to have to stack another book on my nightstand? It's no, right behind me. No, just pick one and finish it and pick another one and finish it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Two towers. But I, I did finish season two. Honestly, I've really enjoyed season two. I've enjoyed the, the tangents. I've enjoyed the new things they've added to it. I've enjoyed the new things they've, I've liked the I mean, it looks changes. like a million bucks. Yeah, a, it looks a lot great. Of, I mean, it certainly kept me watching on like a lot of like mediocre shows. So I don't want to poo poo it too bad. It's just sometimes. Oh. There's some like plot trickery going on that I'm like, what is happening? Like, it feels like sometimes like what I'm guilty of is like they're writing to a tentpole. They're Mm -hmm. writing to a situation and what how the characters are acting, acting either don't make sense or seemingly are retconned to like two episodes later. Mm -hmm. I could see that. that, Like like Gail's character is the most unsatisfying character. Mm. He's like the main character for two seasons. And I'm like, I much prefer Salvor. The gal is just like annoying. I can't. I can't I'm not going to get into anymore. <laughs> okay. I, Maybe I, finish, I should sit it out. Uh, yeah, just sit it out. Because I'll, I'll 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 withhold my judgment. Yeah. I'll say for two and a half seasons that character has not been enjoyable. Yeah, I, I've been fine with that character. Um, I have other, really. I have other things that I'm. She's not. just always yelling. Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. With complaining. The it's like having me in a movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's like having you on a podcast right now. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. No wonder why you like it. Yeah, that's like right. me. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Uh, no, I don't want to. Say, I'm curious to hear what you think about the, once it's wrapped up, though, because I, yeah, I'm like that's it. I'm, I'm, close, I'm gonna stop. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop talking. So we'll we'll talk. You're gonna send me a text. I think when it ends. So I can't wait. <laughs> what about uh, the other thing I'm watching is the Ahsoka. Are you watching Ahsoka? 
Uh, I haven't started, but I'm going to start that next. I'll probably start it this weekend. Um, I'm loving it. It actually got me playing that Jedi Survivor game. I, I think it's... Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. I mean, I don't want to like hype it up too, too much for you, but it's yeah. it's certainly worth your time. I honestly, watching the the first trailer, I like Ahsoka as a character. I, Although, I, did yeah, you like, watch... You didn't watch the cartoons, did you? I didn't watch Rebels. That's the only one I didn't watch. Yeah, it's kind of Rebels. I mean, it's like a hundred... Uh, let me take that back. It's Rebels. Yeah. So, like you'll get more out of it have it, if you watch it if you yeah. end up watching rebels but watch quick because i'm canceling disney plus how about you what are you reading what are you watching uh well like i said i just uh foundation season two i've just been cranking on that just finished it last night and then reading wise i just finished um got a couple books i'm working on right now uh the hunter by richard stark it's like an old uh gangster revenge story kind of classic i think they made a movie out of it with jason statham called parker or something it's a very straightforward like crime re- revenge story so yeah i read that it's a short read but it was it was it was it was fine uh definitely written a different time and then i started um about a third of the way through i started the world we make which is uh book two of nk jemison's great cities uh i think it's only me oh books. cool i don't know if it's gonna be a trilogy or not but i started that book like two days ago and i'm like just cranking through chapters it just it, it moves um i really enjoyed the city we become the first book so uh, working on that. And then I have queued up because I've never read it. The gunslinger, Stephen King's. Oh, really? Yeah. So I thought I'd, um, give that a shot and give it a whirl. So is that, was that the first dark tower one? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say I started reading that one. Um, cause I wanted to kind of get into like a big fantastical it's, world. Yeah. And it's interesting since I think it's the very first book he wrote. Granted, I think it's the second or third book he published after Carrie. Um, it's funny how sparse it is. It's like intentionally yeah. sparse, but it's cool. Like I, I love like the King is so influenced by one Lord of the Rings and yeah. two, just seeing spaghetti Westerns on the and big like screen. A, yeah. 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 Like his like cinematic experience, you know, of like, who's a guy that did like good, bad and the ugly. Uh, Sergio Leone. Yeah. Leone. Like yeah. just his exposure to those movies and like the old movies. I also I was so surprised. I, I Paul was like, "Oh man, Stephen King book." I was like, "Yeah, I want to give it a shot. I want to read." It. I was like, "This thing's probably like three thousand pages." Like, "Oh, it's only like two hundred and eighty or three hundred pages, something like that." So I was like, "Oh, okay." But I guess the the next few books it starts cranking up. It's like five hundred, six hundred pages. I'm like, "I write yeah. well. I write with all your words." Easy with your words. I just like where people find their inspiration, right? Because it's not always where you think. If it's King, mm-hmm. if it was with like those books and movies, even N.K. Jemison, I read like a little blurb about how she was. She went to some kind of NASA you know, conference, like they'd mm. kind of brought writers together to talk about the real science of like space exploration. And because yeah. they wanted to make sure that upcoming authors are actually using science as opposed to just making things up and kind of giving them a grounding. Yep. And even though it's, there's not a one-to-one correlation of what they had kind of taught in that seminar, it's what gave her the inspiration for the Broken Earth trilogy. Oh, shit. That's cool. Which is really cool. Like, yeah. it's not sci-fi necessarily. It's kind of more fantasy. fantasy. But, it's, yeah. but it, it sparked her imagination and it got her going. And then yeah. she ended up writing, you know, those really awesome books. So really cool. Yeah, I think that's it. That's our episode. So that's Act, Story Beats Act 2. Next episode, we're going to get into Story Beats Act 3 and wrap it up. I think if you enjoyed the episode, share with someone you know. Instagram. Writer Syndrome Books, the website formerly known as Twitter, uh, Writer underscore Syndrome. (laughs) I love it every time we do this, we're like, 
Yeah, I hope um, he starts charging so we yeah. can just delete it. Uh, but yeah, you can find all our episodes and contact information if you want to reach out uh, on writersyndrome.com. And yeah, next episode, Story Beats Act 3. I love it. <laughs>